You're listening to the Coastal Church Audio Podcast with Pastor Dave Koop. Tonight, we're going to, or this morning, we're going to be talking about holding the gains we've made. This month, we're talking about going to a whole new level. The whole year, again, is about a better way. The theme, all the verses on the back wall, if you want to, don't become familiar with them as you come in. Read the verses and, and just think about them. God says He is a better way. His ways are better than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. If you want a higher life, you want a better life, you need to get yourself anchored into God. Better ways, higher thoughts when we plug into God. That's the theme for the entire year. We often use a phrase around here, HL now, you know what it means, right? A whole nother level, right? And so we thought, well, let's talk about how to go to a whole nother level. What's a better way to go to another level? Because we were designed to go, as the Bible says, from faith to faith. Our faith should grow from level to level. The Bible says we go from glory to glory. Another verse says we go from strength to strength. Uh, Proverbs tells us we, the path of the righteous gets brighter and brighter. So really, God's designed us to go from level to level to level. We run the race of faith. We, we run the good race. We design to continue to grow. That's in our personal life, our walk with God, in our relationships, in our businesses, in our communities. We go from level to level. So we're going to talk about how do we go to the next level. And today we're going to talk about how do we hold the gains we've made. So that's where we'll start today. Next week is Mother's Day, so uh, special note to all you husbands. Uh, we all have a mom, so uh, just a heads up. You got warned at church this morning. Next Sunday is Mother's Day, and uh, I'm really looking forward to Pastor Cheryl's going to be preaching next Sunday, so we're going to have a, a great word, Dare to Trust, next Sunday, so come ready for that. Special gift for all the moms next week, so let's invite our moms out and honor them next Sunday. And then we'll continue on how to go to the next level as we go through this month. Last week, we talked about, a lot about Joshua because God said to Joshua, and uh, he was going into the promised land. You talk about a whole nother level. Joshua was going to a whole nother level. Forty years in the wilderness under an amazing leader, the leadership of Moses, and now he's going to cross the Jordan, go into this promised land. That's a whole nother level for Joshua. And uh, as he's there on this side of the Jordan, he kind of takes stock of where he's at. And God speaks to him and he says, Joshua, I'm commanding you. This is not optional. I'm commanding you. You meditate on God's Word day and night. Be careful to do, not just to look at it, but to do it. You know, if we just hear God's Word and don't do God's Word, James says we deceive ourselves. And people that listen to God's Word but don't do, them, don't do the Word track their lives. They end up in deception. You have to hear the word and do the word. Hear the word and do the word. And so he says, meditate on this word and then do the word. But then God says, then you'll make your way prosperous. In the Amplified, it says, then you'll make wise decisions and then you'll have good success. And I think all of us want to go the next level and have good success, prosper, and make wise decisions. So what's the key? The key is meditating on God's Word. And like we said last week, a lot of times as Christians, we get kind of lazy. We're all for prayer. We have prayer requests. We have prayer after the service. We have prayer during the week. And we absolutely must pray. But you also must meditate on God's Word. You can't just say, well, here's my prayer request. Uh, just can you pray for me? I just want to be zapped from heaven and then it's all done. No, we'll pray but you also have to couple prayer with meditating on God's Word. And that takes some time. That means slowing down, being still, 
being quiet, getting away, meditating on God's Word. We had an email that came back from one of our teenagers this week, and they were in the service last week. And, uh, you know, I really admire a teenager who meditates on God's Word. For a teenager to slow down, take time, look up a verse, meditate on it, high five. And this was Raph. Last week, he was writing his driver's test again. And if you've, ever, if you've had teenagers or if you've written the driver's test in BC, you know you sometimes have to do it more than one time to pass. I think sometimes they just fail you because they want you to do it all over again just for the record's sake. I'm not sure. But we've had uh, four children go through driver's tests, and uh, we've experienced the different scenarios. Anyhow, he had to rewrite his test. And uh, so he wrote Landry, our youth leader, and he said this, Yo, what's up? Long time no see. How are you? Smiley face. Hope youth is going well. I just turned 19. Uh, anyway, is there any way to let Pastor Dave know about some stories? I have a praise report. Another smiley face. I was panicking over my driving test retake this afternoon, so I tried out meditating the biblical way. You remember last week we talked about biblical meditation. There's a lot of other meditation out there today. But there is a scriptural, biblical way to meditate. You don't disengage your mind. You engage your mind. And meditation is connecting with the Holy Spirit, not some other spirit. Note the verse up there. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt have no other spirits before me. We want the Holy Spirit. Amen? So when we meditate, we want to connect, be yoked up with the Holy Spirit. I'm sidetracked. Okay. He said, anyhow, uh, I have a praise report. I was panicking over my driving test retake this afternoon, so I tried out meditating the biblical way. I found a verse, Exodus 33, 14. Note, first of all, he went and found a verse to cover his case. Good step. I contemplated on it. I looked it at the context. I checked it out in different translations, and I wasn't scared at all after that. Kept it in my head throughout the day, and then I passed with the instructor saying it was a very good road test, smiley face. I had an atrocious test and practices before. I know I couldn't have gone through that without Jesus being there with me. So, S-O-O-O-O-O, yay. Sorry about my smiley faces. I'm super happy. Yeah, isn't that a great report? Good success, wise decisions. This is a youth, 19 years old, finds a verse, meditates on it, Thinks about it all day long. So I don't know if I can do that. Again, let me ask you like we did last week. Can you worry? If you can worry, you can meditate. Meditation is just worry flipped upside down. We live in the upside down kingdom. If we can worry, think about negative things over and over again, guess what? We're wired to meditate. Meditate is I'm just going to take God's Word. I'm going to stay plugged in, connected to God's Word. So if we want to go to the next level in our life, very important that we hold the gains that we have in our life. It's possible in our life where we have worked really hard. And isn't it true? Any, any ground we take takes hard work and effort. If you're building a business and you want to launch your company, it takes a lot of work to come up with a business plan and all the rest of it. It takes work. It takes energy. If you want to get married, it takes energy to date. It takes energy to, to it takes money. It takes, takes hard work to, to get there. And uh, it takes energy to take ground. What we don't want to do is lose the ground we've taken. And before we go to the next level, 
we really have to stop and say, where am I at today? And I want to make sure I'm holding the ground that I have taken. When we go through this message this morning, I'm going to talk a little bit about rock climbing because going to the next level, if you watch a rock climber, and I am not a rock climber, so if you're a rock climber today, just bear with me. I don't know much about it. But if I watch him and I'm intrigued, I think if I could go back and uh, do my 20s over again, I think I'd, I'd get into rock climbing. It, it just intrigues me. Uh, and I don't think Cheryl would go on that adventure. But <laughs> What's that? You would pray. We were in uh, Wall Lake one time in Waterton Park. Me and my buddy, we decided to cl climb the wall. It's called Wall Lake because there's a wall. And, and we don't... It was stupid, okay? We, we didn't have... It was a dumb idea. We didn't have any ropes or anything. But me and my buddy just said, let's climb wall the wall. And the girls are down below at the camp. So me and my buddy, we climb this wall. And you know the thing about rock climbing is you get so far up, you can go up, but you can't go down. That's where we were. We got halfway up, and I go, uh-oh. I, I can go up, but I can't go down. And the girls were down below, and uh, I heard them screaming. I didn't know what it was. Later, I found out they caught a fish, and they didn't know what to do with it. So they were going, ah, what do we do with this if we got a fish? They caught a trout, and they were screaming. <laughs> a pan's eyes trout. Uh, but anyhow, there, I thought, so that, we were really nervous. And so then we climbed all the way to the top of the mountain. We had to walk all the way to this peak, come all the way around, and it was, it was, it was crazy. And it's because we... We weren't experienced rock climbing. So I'm going to talk about a better way to rock climb. This, the better way, a better way series. <laughs> rock climber, they'll, when, they, when they climb, they'll, they'll take ground, they'll hold it, and then they'll go further. And as they go forward, you watch them, they'll, they'll kind of clamp themselves in, anchor in, they go further, anchor in, go further, anchor in. That's kind of life. We, we take ground, we anchor in, hold our gains, then we climb some more, hold our gains, climb some more, hold our gains. And the reason we anchor in at each step is if in case we slip, we don't fall all the way back down. And sometimes in life we uh, can fall backwards. What we want to do is prevent ourselves from falling way back and hurting ourselves and having a relapse. So a relapse is when we suffer deterioration after a period of improvement to return to a less active or worsened state. And we think relapse, sometimes we just think of somebody who's had an addiction or somebody who's been in a recovery program. But this applies to anybody in all of our lives. I talked to the young man yesterday, and he came up. I prayed for him, and he said, I've fallen back a long ways. And I'm glad I'm in church today because I feel like God has caught me. The rope has caught me. But I was in a group, uh, and... Uh, uh, of believers, and my girlfriend cheated on another man in that group, and it devastated me. And I would have fallen down, totally wiped out, except that this rope caught me. And uh, so he says, I just feel so appreciative for the message tonight that I, I, I remember that I can be anchored to a rock. So let me just tell you a couple things that lead to uh, us falling back, that just are warning signs so we don't fall back that could cause us to relapse. One is complacency. And complacency is when we get comfortable with the short-term gains we've made. 1 Corinthians 10, 12 says, Therefore let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. We get comfortable we're with what we've done and uh, we're not on the alert. The Bible says to be of sober spirit, to be on the alert. If we become complacent where we're at, 
we can't hold the gains that we've made. And interesting enough, sometimes our strengths, where we think we're the strongest, can be the areas where we're most vulnerable. That's why Paul says, therefore let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he falls. I'm going to put up a picture for you. On May 13, 1987, a guy by the name of Thias Rust, he was an inexperienced pilot. He was 19 years of age. We can put that picture up if you have it. And uh, he was, there he is, his picture. He, that's him. With, he's 19. He landed his plane. This is before the, the, that Soviet wall came down, 1987. A 19-year-old from Germany flew his plane and he landed it in Red Square at the most guarded space. A lot of the Soviet leaders lost their job over this. The head of defense lost his job. One of the top World War II ace pilots who was in charge of the airspace in the Soviet Union, he lost his job. A 19-year-old guy, he did a couple fly-arounds and then he landed there by the Kremlin. Why? What's the moral of the story? What's the parable? The most guarded space was vulnerable. And this is what the Bible says here. Take heed. You think you stand lest you fall. Oh, my marriage will never be in trouble. I would never fall. We were convicted of that on our 30th anniversary. And, uh, we, and thank God we have a great marriage, but we still have to take heed. And so on our 30th anniversary, we went to a marriage seminar. We went down to Ed Young's church and had a marriage seminar. It was really good for us. So even after 34 years of marriage, we still have to take heed lest we fall. You can say, well, I would never get drunk again and become an addict. Take heed lest you fall. Or I would never fall into the trap of pornography like so-and-so did. Take heed lest you fall. Oh, I would never waste my money like that. Take heed lest you fall. So complacency can set us back a long ways if we're not careful. Secondly, confusion can set us back. And confusion is when we rationalize and forget how bad it really was back there or down there. Proverbs 26, 11 says, As a dog goes back to its vomit, so a fool repeats his stupidity. And confusion is we, we've been... We've climbed up far enough, and then we realize, oh, you know, maybe it wasn't so bad. I've counseled women, and Cheryl's counseled them, or men we've counseled, but particularly women, where they said, well, I know he beat me, but it wasn't quite that bad. I think I'll go back to the relationship. You're confused. Remember the pain. Remember how much it hurt. Don't go back. Get help. Confusion will set us back. Compromise will set us back. Compromise is when we think we're strong enough and we can return to the place of temptation. Man, if you, had, if you were set free from a, a certain area and you think, well, now I can go there, it won't bother me again, be very careful. The Bible says um, avoid the appearance of evil. And Proverbs says look straight ahead. Fix your eyes on what lies before you. There's one thing that rock climbers tell me is that you have to stay focused on your next step. You can't be distracted. You have to stay focused. You have to imagine where your next hold is going to be. You have to stay very focused on what you're doing to go to the next level. And I think in our spiritual walk, it's the same way. We have to stay very focused on what we're doing. So Proverbs says, look straight ahead. Fix your eyes on what lies before you. Mark out a straight path for your feet. Then stick to the path and stay safe. 
Don't get sidetracked. Keep your feet from following evil. A rock climber is very careful where they put their hands, where they put their feet. They're very focused to go forward. If we want to really go to the next level, we have to say, where am I positioned now? I am not going to compromise. I'm going to keep my focus on the path ahead of me. So, how do we avoid losing ground? How do we avoid falling back? We want to hold the gains. I don't want to fall back. It hurts. It's expensive. I don't want to rewrite the test. Have you ever had to rewrite a test? James chapter 1 says, Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, that the testing of your faith. You know God asks you to write faith tests? Like it or not, if you're new to, as a Christian, you say, Boy, this is great. It is great. God will be with you. I have to tell you, there will be some faith tests along the way where your faith will be tested. Now, here's the deal. You want to write the test and pass it so you don't have to rewrite the test. Because you just say, oh, God, I don't want to write this. The best thing is to consider it all joy because God is not being mean. He's just preparing you again for the next level. So here's a couple things we want to avoid. Uh, and we have to do if we don't want to go back in the ground we've gained. One, stay in touch with your position and your condition. You have to be aware of your surroundings. And again, going back to the example, if I'm climbing up a, a, a wall, climbing a rock, I have to be aware of my surroundings. I have to check my center of gravity. And I have to ask the question, am I feeling out of balance anywhere in my life? So before going forward, I kind of got to say, I've got to check to make sure I'm balanced before I take the next step. If we want to hold the gains, we have to check, make sure I'm balanced. A number of years ago, I went to apply for a job. It was a great job, and they put me through all kinds of interviews. But one of the things they asked me to do was to get a physical checkup. So I went there, and they did a physical checkup. They took some blood out of me. They tested everything about me, ran me through all these tests before they hired me. They wanted to evaluate me before they pulled me into a position that would be actually the next step for me. And every once in a while... Actually, you should do it daily, monthly, yearly. You evaluate where you're at. If we don't do that, we're not prepared to go to the next level. We don't want to live in denial. If we live in denial, we're not ready for the next level. If we're, if we're covering up, if we're not facing the person in the mirror and saying, honestly, this is where you're at, then we can't go to the next level. So this is an important step to go forward, to hold the gains, is to evaluate where we're at. We have to, just take for example, if you're going to go to the gym and you want to get in better shape, what's the first thing they do? They check your condition. Like it or not, they'll say, all right, there's a weight scale. And you go, oh, no, I really don't want to step on that. But they say, you know, you have to step on the weight scale. We have to know where you're at if we want to take you further. And then uh, I went one time, and it really kind of made me nervous because they get this little, little, little thing, and they, they check the calibers. What's the, the fat content or what's it called? What's that? Body fat, yeah. I said, do we have to do that? <laughs> oh, yeah. So what, but what are they doing? Because if you're not honest about where you're at, again, you can't grow to the next level. So you have to check your condition. Physically, we need to do that. We need to check where we're at physically. You know your body's a barometer? If you are always having headaches, if your body's always stressed... Something just might not be right that you need to address. I emotionally, 
if you're, if you're uh, strung out, if you're walking in unforgiveness, if relationships keep going wrong, you, say, you stop and you take an inventory of where you're at. Before you go forward, you have to kind of stop and check, and you have to check, what's my relationship with the Lord like? 2 Corinthians 13.5, Paul says, Examine yourself as to whether you're in the faith. Test yourself. Do you not know yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you? And then Lamentations 3.40 says, Let us search out and examine our ways and turn back to the Lord. So it's up to us to examine ourselves. Then the second thing we want to do is we want to stay anchored to the rock. Time to finish up here again. Nine forty-five, right? Ten, no, ten forty-five. Had a brain freeze. <laughs> Anyhow, I got it fixed. <laughs> Number one. Okay, evaluate yourself. Where are you at? Stop and take a look. Take inventory. Number two, stay anchored to the rock. Uh, Again, last week we talked about Joshua meditating on the Word day and night. Really, what's that? That's being anchored to the rock. Now, in rock climbing, that's what they do. They anchor themselves to the rock. And uh, they have something. This is called a SLCD, and which it's called a, a, it's a clamping device. And uh, so what they'll do is they'll, they'll pull this back. And these cams will go into the rock, and then they release it, and then that becomes tight, and then they, they anchor themselves to the rock. So it's SLCD is an abbreviation for it, but the, the climbers, the guy who invented this, the slang term for this is a friend. This is called your friend. And the rock we know as God is our rock. Amen? Lots of scriptures on that. If you just do a study, there's all kinds of scriptures about the rock. I put some of them in your, in your notes today. That He is the rock of my salvation. There is no rock like our rock. We're planted on the rock. There's just tons of scriptures on God being our rock. And so I thought it was interesting. I'm sure the inventor didn't think of that. But if this is our friend, and what a friend we have in Jesus, it is Jesus that connects us to the rock. Amen? And so he's the one that connects me to the rock. Without that, without Jesus, we could not have a relationship with God the Father. We could not be connected to the rock. So I see this friend like my friend Jesus, my King, my Lord, who connects me to the rock. So they have this, and they, they connect that in there. And then they have something that they call a runner. And this connects your rope, and it connects it to this thing here. And then they, that's how they connect to their, their friend that's in the rock. Uh, the rope is, of course, all important. And uh, the rope keeps you close to the rock and keeps you tied in, keeps you safe. And uh, you don't want to be too far from the rock. Your center of gravity has to be close to the rock. And I think in our spiritual life, we want to stay close to the rock. We want to, you almost want to hug the rock. When you see them climbing, they often have their hands stretched up so that they're in balance. They don't want to be hanging on to it. They want to have their, their full skeletal weight on their legs. They're kind of hugging almost the rock as they climb up that. And I think in our life, we want to stay very close to the rock, meditating. They're tied into the rock 24-7 on there. And we meditate. We want to be tied into the rock 24-7. Have you found when you go through life that it's challenging to take ground? We're believing God for another church campus, and we're finding it's all uphill. It's like two steps forward sometimes and a step back, and it's just like, ugh, ugh, ugh. 
That's what it feels like. Sometimes starting your life group feels like that. If you have your life group and only one person shows up for a couple of weeks, you're climbing. Just don't give up. Stay anchored to the rock. Sometimes it feels that way. Or you're, you're going through your marriage and you're just getting started and it's like, oh, oh, oh. It's normal. That's life. Stay anchored to the rock, though. Because if you do slip, guess what? You're tied in. It's going to catch you. There's a great climbing rock on the way to Whistler by Squamish there called The Chief. And uh, because it's local, I'm going to show you just a little clip of this guy climbing. And watch how he anchors in, keeps himself close to the rock. Watch how challenging it is. And then we'll move on from there. A little commercial break. Aren't you glad you're tied into the rock? <laughs> That's kind of our spiritual life, right? You're like, oh, oh. But we're tied into the rock. And as we're tied in, when we do slip, he didn't fall down. He didn't. God is able to keep us from stumbling. He's able to keep us from perishing. Why? We're anchored in. We're anchored in with a rope. We're anchored in with our friend. We're tied in. And so if we fall, we're not falling that far. We've held our gains. When they climb, they don't put in one peg and then climb up, you know, 100 feet and put the next peg in. It's like every day. Every day you do your devotions, you anchor it in. Anchored in, anchored in, anchored in. Every life group, anchored in. Every Sunday. You know what you're doing this morning? You're anchoring into the rock. Anchor into the rock. But skip church, skip life group, skip devotions for three months. You may climb okay. You may climb for a year without it. But when you fall, it's going to hurt. It's going to be a long way down. And you may not lose all the ground, but you'll lose ground. So if we want to hold the gains every day... We meditate on the word, anchor in, anchor in, anchor in, anchor in. And then if we do slip, we're not going to fall that far. This rope is going to catch us. Lots of verses for, again, the rock. Uh, you can pick any one of them you like. I like Psalm 40, verse 2. He lifted me out of the ditch, pulled me from the deep mud, the miry clay. Another translation says, he stood me up on solid rock to make sure I wouldn't slip. Isn't that a good verse? Uh, Psalm 61, 2, from the end of the earth I will cry to you when my heart is overwhelmed. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. We're going to a higher place because we're tied into the rock. Okay. Um, number three, if we want to hold our gains, we have to stay connected to the Holy Spirit. Galatians 3, verse 3, Paul writes, have you lost your senses? He could be talking to Coastal Church. And this is a strong letter, okay? Have you lost your senses, Coastal Church? Are you starting your Christian's lives in the Spirit? Why are you now trying to become perfect by your own human effort? You came to the Lord. You cried out to God. You felt the strength of the Holy Spirit. You took ground. And now you're saying, okay, Holy Spirit, I think I can do it on my own now. He says, that's foolish. You started in the Spirit. We finish in the Spirit. What happens is we start to think we did it. And we don't really know no, God did it. Every success we have, we give God praise for it. Amen? And when we start thinking the success we had was because of us, we're setting ourselves up for a fallback. So let's keep remembering it's the Holy Spirit and stay tied in to the Holy Spirit. Amen? Uh, he's the one that teaches us and guides us into all the truth. And then number four, you want to stay connected to others. Ecclesiastes 4 verse 10 says, If one person falls, the other one can reach out and help. But people who are alone when they fall are in real trouble. Now, when you go rock climbing, there's somebody down there on the other end of that rope. 
and there's a device called the belayer. And what they do is they let out rope as you go up. And if you fall, they can also catch you. So there's also another person on that rope. They're, and they, they hold you as you are climbing. They, you're anchored into that other person. We're not designed to live our Christian life on our own. If we want to take ground, hold ground, and go to the next level, we must be connected to other people. There's no such thing as a lone ranger in the body of Christ. We were not designed to do that. And if we try to live that way, you can have success for a little while, but eventually you're going to fall and it's going to hurt. So the idea is to be connected. Do you know that great athletes have a coach? Tiger Woods, has, he's a great, well, <laughs> he's still a great golfer, but uh, he has a coach. Hockey players have a coach. Great speakers have a coach. Presidents of companies have a coach. Why do these great people have a coach? They've got somebody hanging on to the rope for them. We need life group leaders. We need, uh, we need people to be accountable to. As Christians, we need others in our life to be connected to. We need a coach. I picked this off of a coaching website. It says, you should have a coach if you want to get unstuck, if you want to kick the procrastination habit, if you struggle to stay focused, if you easily get distracted, you need others in your life, if you cover up your deep feelings by abusing drugs and alcohol, if you need someone to ask you hard questions, if you need to feel loved and cared for, if you feel tired, stressed, and overwhelmed, you need others in your life. If you are only seem happy when others are happy, if you feel like you're stuck in the comfort zone, if you're stuck in the midlife crisis, you'll need somebody if you want a structure to be more productive, if you want to prioritize important tasks, if you want to stay motivated, if you need to stay accountable, if you need to get into the flow of your creativity, have somebody help you. If you need to get through a career transition, if you need to gain new confidence and self-esteem, if you want to expand your circle of influence, if you want to become a leader in your field, if you want to resolve a conflict with a co-worker, if you desire to create deeper and more fulfilling relationships, if you want to overcome your fears, if you want to go to the next level, you got to be tied into other people. And sometimes that takes humility. You say, oh, you know what? Yes, I, I need you in my life. The International Coaching Federation reported that individuals experience the following outcomes as a result of working with a coach. 67% increased self-awareness. Again, you have to know where you're at to go to the next level. Lower stress level, 57%. Set better goals, 62%. More balanced life, 60%. Increased self-confidence, 52%. So when you're connected to other people, much more likely to go to the next level. God's raising up a breed of champions. He's called it Coastal Church to be champions, to do great exploits, to be more than conquerors of Christ Jesus. And if we really want to go to the next level, we have to stop and say, okay, I have to hold the gains that I have, take inventory, stay plugged into the rock so I can go to the next level. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 10, 25, not giving up our meetings as is the way of some, but keeping one another one another strong in the faith and all the more because you see the day drawing near. So we need to stay connected, need to stay plugged in. There's a verse that says in Psalm 95 verse 1, I think it's in your notes, Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us give a joyous shout to the rock of our salvation. I'm going to ask the worship team to come because that's what we're going to do this morning as we close. And uh, while they're doing that, I'd invite you just to take a moment, bow your heads, and we want to pray together before we go this morning.
You might be here today, and uh, in your life, you are not connected to the rock. You have been following back, and you know that you're not anchored into God. The way we are anchored into God is through a friend. What a friend we have in Jesus. What a friend. All our cares, all our worries. He's the one that removes the shame. He's the one that removes the sin. He's the one that sets us free, gives us life now and life eternal. And it's a matter of saying, God, I invite you into my life. I accept what Jesus did for me. I want to be tied in. I want to be safe. I want to have a relationship with you. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you would like to download free notes from this message, then visit our website, www.coastalchurch.org.